games. All those comics. All the games. All those toys. All the TV. The animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 265. For, for a second, I thought you were going for a spooktacular vibe, and yeah. I was going to remind you that Halloween has long since passed. Yeah, to this some. Is, this is our, for America, this is our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, yeah. For the rest of the world, this is Thursday. Yeah, and to some, Halloween never ends. Mm, that's true. That's so true. true. So um, true. I'm VP and Executive Editor Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel Digital Editorial Director Ben Morse. We got no Close intern enough. today. No intern, and I did. I did not know she was going to be out. Just found out a second ago. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. when uh, Sniggles comes back, there will be hell to pay. Yeah, I'm sure she told somebody. She definitely did because yeah. I knew about it. All right, I didn't know. Yep, about both both interns. Both interns are skirted right. out this week. So, wow, you know, they well, left us high and dry for two episodes of Thwip that we had to film. Oh my god, how did you guys get it done? Uh, I don't know. It was rough. It's uh, it's really telling of how integral the interns are to our daily lives. When, when you see how we just fall apart when they're not here. Yeah, it was the things that we rely on. Ask them, them to do. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Hey, anyway, hey! If, if you're just joining us, this is the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, digital comics, print comics, collections, all that stuff. We're going to talk about those. Then we're going to get to some news. Then we're going to get to uh, a little discussion section. Very excited about this. This week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club, we chose Nova. Nova. And uh, it was just three issues. Was good. So easy. I know. Nice, light reading. It's... Uh, I thought it was doubly appropriate, both because I love Nova, obviously, and also we have a new Nova series coming out where he's coming back to Earth. So we covered the issues where he kind of initially comes back to Earth after Annihilation. They're some of my favorite. They're really good. And I'm really excited to talk about them. And and particularly, I'm excited that we got so many responses because I want to see what uh, you guys thought about it. This may be the most commented upon Twim URC we've done, at least in a long time. It's Nova, baby. Thank you uh, for those of you who commented using the hashtag T-W-I-M-U-R-C. And thank you, me, for choosing this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't mind getting a little thank you once in a while. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I think that's okay. Do we talk about uh, Survivor Series? What I haven't watched it yet. You haven't watched it? Listen to this. I have not watched Survivor Series yet. I'm behind. I watched uh, NXT TakeOver. So good. Which was great. I was barely able to function on Sunday because I was sick. And... That helped me get through it. That and the cat yeah. in my lap. I I was alone because my wife was working on Sunday, um, and I was struggling for things to do, so I watched most of NXT TakeOver. But then she came, But then she comes home right when the pay-per-view starts, and I'm like, well, I haven't been able to see you all day. Yeah. I don't want to like go into a corner and watch Survivor Series. So that's why I haven't watched Survivor Series yet. Sure. But I have seen the entire... Goldberg Brock Lesnar match. Already. Oh, you mean all forty-seven seconds? <laughs> I or saw. Whatever it is? I saw the whole thing. I dude, Goldberg was on Raw last night. I, I did see a little bit of that. That was awesome. He says he's gonna be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Just I guess came out of nowhere. You're not a big Goldberg guy. No, 
Not really. No, that's fair. Yeah. It was a different time. Yeah. I, you know, I just never got, I, I remember, I remember the phenomenon. Yeah. But I never really like, was like, I think, I think I'm more fascinated by the fact that he's coming back after 12 years and it's working so well. Yeah. That's what fascinates Nostalgia me. is a really interesting drug. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Very true. Um, yeah. I also, I think it's a weird situation. I was hoping that Lesnar was going to come out and beat up his wife and child, like wrestling beat up. Right. Yeah. yeah. But like, like really what like, you, what's wrestling beat up of a wife and child, <laughs> you know, not actually hurt them. So do make what? It, make it seem like, you know, knock them over or something. Oh my God. Not make it, you know, make you're, it seem like he brutal. actually hurts them. Yeah. I, I think that's the only way for Lesnar to, to get his groove back is to destroy an innocent woman and child. hundred percent. All right. Yeah. Look, Goldberg brought his family into this. It's on, fair game. it's on him. It's on him. That's wrestling game. rules, y'all. Wow. That's uh, that's some old school, like, Memphis-style booking you're going for uh, there. You know? Hey, don't fix it if it ain't broke. Yeah. Red means green. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else we don't fix if it ain't broke? This week's comics. Yeah. Let's dive right in with, we got a pair of annuals to start things out. First, all-new X-Men annual number one. Got two stories. The first one's by Cena Grace, who's going to do in our upcoming Iceman comic. Uh, art by Corey Smith. Color art by Andres Mosa, and it's called Edie Goes on a Date, and it's all about Edie, uh, our lovely Oya, meeting up with a young man. They go on a date. Some shenanigans ensue. Uh, they end up having to deal with some hate mongers, as they always do, um, some anti-mutant people, and we learn something about Edie's date. He's not just a regular guy. Uh, he has a secret to him, and it's pretty fascinating. Edie deals with it. Um, she gets some help, and that is that. And then in the second story, called The Last of Us, The Last of X, written by Rex Ogle, art by Andrea Brocardo, really nice art, and uh, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. It's a Danny Moonstar story. It's about her getting a little help from magic and trying to save a bunch of people who are doomed to death um, and also helping a mutant who's been afflicted with mpox along the way it's a pretty cool little story always loved danny moonstar it was great to see more of her yeah i want more it's, more. it's awesome to see a lot lots of id lately yes like, she's been prominent yeah which makes me happy she's, she's great she's going to continue to be prominent in uh in humans versus x-men we hope cool all right on to amazing spider-man annual number one then you got three stories in here. The first one is called Mask of Death. And that's written <laughs> by Umberto Ramos. This was that was so cool. It was so cool to see Umberto yeah. Ramos' name under the writer's section. Totally. Of the ledger. Yeah. So written by Umberto with Christos Gage, art by Francisco Herrera and Fernando Rizzo or Hizo, I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, it's this cool story about Spider Man in Mexico City. Uh, you know, he's found this really smart this young dude who's really smart <laughs> got this company and he's hobnobbing with them uh, talking about doing hobnobbing as Peter Parker yes as Peter Parker but you know things happen there's a giant earthquake and lo and behold uh, um, it's a papatolotl yeah no your your guess is good I-T-Z-P-A-P-A-L-O-T-L yeah which is you know an old uh, it's probably a real myth from a real, oh, from Mexican sure. mythology that Umberto yeah. is drawing upon yeah um, it's, you know, it, the, the, this elder God was imprisoned in a tomb in the Aztec city of Tenochtitlan. Uh, not the elder God Chithon. No. Though we no. always like to make mention of Chithon. Sure. When we uh, can. 
uh, trapped in here, and then we find out that you know Spider-Man fights and is able to save the day in a way. But what I thought was super cool was there was a reveal. It's at a cliffhanger. The end. Yeah, there was a cliffhanger to this, and a reveal of who was masterminding this situation, which I thought was super cool. Which I'm hoping means Umberto gets to write more stories in the yeah, near future. That'd, that'd be, be very cool. That'd be really cool. Uh, our second story is called Neon Dragon, which wasn't that a name of a movie. Neon Dragon? Yeah. Uh, not, not that I watched. Huh. There was, I, I feel like Wolfman was, it was like a Wolfman-like movie, you know, uh, like a movie he, he knows not, about. Not familiar. Anyway, Neon Dragon, written by James Asmus, pencils by Corey Smith, uh, inks by Scott Hanna, Roberto Poggi, and Lorenzo Ruggiero, and colors by Rain Barreto. Kudos to James Asmus for really doing a deep dive on the Spider-Man supporting cast in this. Yeah. He really gets the characters. You can tell he did his research because Dan Slott is the only one who has written some of these characters. These are all these are in the uh, the Chinese wing of Parker Industries. Yeah. So this is like these characters have only been in a few issues. They've only been written by one guy. I was really impressed with how James really got their voices down. Yes, um, and it was it's super cool. You you get to see these these characters who are part of. Shanghai's uh, Parker Industries office, but you also get to see uh, Cloak and Dagger, mm-hmm. who, I, I'll be honest, I know Cloak and Dagger, I've read them in comics, but I've never been You're like- familiar a, with them. Yeah, I've never been a huge Cloak and Dagger person, I don't right. know a ton about them, but if this Some people is are the, hardcore Cloak and Dagger. Sure, if this is who they are, like- uh, like the, their their relationship, the way they sort of quip with each other, the way they treat each other, talk mm-hmm. to each other. Like Dagger is really like she's really caring and adorable about mm-hmm. Cloak, and Cloak is kind of like standoffish and yep. a little like he's overprotective. But there's there's lots of little idiosyncrasies that came across in this short story, which I thought were great and makes me want to read a lot more of them. Cool, which I thought was super cool, uh, and it's just cool like. Elevating the myths of uh, of what's going on in Shanghai that Parker Industries is dealing with, and and yeah, I definitely want to see more Cloak and Dagger. And then the third story is called "Whose Crime Is It Anyway?" Whose crime is it anyway? And it's written by Wayne Brady yes. and Jonathan Magnum. Uh, art by Bruno Olivero and Lee Lowridge. Uh, I remember we actually had Wayne Brady and Jonathan Magnum by the office mm-hmm. a while ago, and I remember talking with them and having a good time with. Uh, Pretty sure Wayne was on the podcast. Probably. Did an interview with him. Um, so you can tell, if you look back, at that's probably been how long this has been in the works, figuring this out and having to come together. Um, but it, it, it's super cool. It's sort of this uh, this story of Spider-Man taking an improv class, yeah. which is taught by Wayne Brady and Jonathan Magnum. Yeah, uh, pretty gratuitous. There, yeah. Guys. You know what? It, it's funny. It works. Uh, and uh, it was a great little setup. Yeah. I liked it. Very um, nice. One thing, not... Well, it's about improv. I always wonder if wrestlers take improv. Yeah. Because they should. They should. That's what they do. Yeah. They should be doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I know I know. There, I know. Jericho took a class, and yeah. I know Dolph Ziggler took a class, but those are more like the comedy guys, the ones who want to go out and do comedy as well. Yeah. I'm not sure what they're taking it for. Uh, speaking of comedy and action and just beautiful, gorgeous art, Cage number 2 is out this week. Uh, it's written and drawn by the legendary Jendi Tartakovsky. The inks are by Stephen DeStefano. Colors, Bill Ray with Jendi Tartakovsky. Uh, I'm not even going to try to impress upon that there's much of a story going on here. Although there is a plot, but it's really just excuses for Jendi Tartakovsky to draw these amazing Luke Cage images. Uh, he's been 
kidnapped. He's been kidnapped. He breaks out of his prison yelling, nobody cages cage. And uh, we get a bunch of big, beautiful things. Sweet Christmas flying out the wazoo. We've got cats that are trying to attack him. Crazy jungle cats. Uh, he gets bit by a snake. And once the venom kicks in, he starts hallucinating uh, and sweating like a madman. And uh, some flowers contribute well, yeah, to that. It's not the venom. It's not from the, the venom. Snake. You're right. It's, it's not a, the snake venom. Yeah, because remember, he has impenetrable skin. He's impenetrable he yells skin. He's like, you can't break my skin. Yep. But he, instead, he gets these hallucina- hallucinations, easy for me to say, from these flowers that he sniffs, which means we just get page upon page of psychedelic, crazy Luke Cage art with words put in the middle, with crazy interpretations. There's a. There's a. Wizard of Oz riff, Misty Knight shows up, Luke's all naked, uh, and then <laughs> the last page uh, is Luke going crazy because someone yells, Welcome Cage, this big scary looking dude, and the next, the teaser for the next issue just says, Can this creepy dude be real or is Cage still tripping? Stay tuned, brothers and sisters, because things are going to get even crazier. Yeah. I'm so excited. This was just fun to look at. Yeah. Up next is Captain Marvel number 10, written by Ruth Fletcher Gage and Christos Gage, with art by Tony Silas, colors by Matt Wilson. Um, so this is, I think this is the last issue it. of the series. This is it. Um, Goodbye, Captain Marvel. Yep. We hardly knew ye. Yeah, we'll see you again as mighty Captain Marvel. But at the end of this, this uh, wraps up the story where Captain Marvel is, you know, there's been a traitor in her midst, and she's trying to figure out what's going on and who's been undermining her. And uh, members of Alpha Flight, who are also former members of Alpha Flight, the previous Alpha Flight. Well, they're current members of Alpha Flight. Current members of the previous Alpha Flight. Yep, previous members of the current Alpha Flight. Yes. Uh, They, you know, Carol has sort of accused them and wants them to, you know, chill out. She wants to question Aurora in particular because Mm -hmm. she's had a bunch of psychological problems, which causes all of them, Puck, Sasquatch, and Aurora, to get really angry. Uh, The whole thing breaks down, and it causes, you know, like this rift. And then uh, they're imprisoned, and Philippe Bellu, Philippe who, Bellu. who is the uh, like the Alpha Flight board of directors, sort of uh, representative from Canada, reveals himself to be a, a, a villain. Well-known villain, yeah. Yeah. He, who kind of looks like Onslaught. Yeah. Uh, he's not. I, I realize not that. Onslaught. But I don't know him very well. The cool thing about this villain... Is that they reference in here is that him and Captain Marvel have history, serious history, and they don't just sweep it under the rug. Even though it was it was only a one-off in Kurt Busiek's Avengers story uh, years ago, but they have they have a pretty serious connection that they lean on, which I thought was cool. Yes, you'll find out what that is. Uh, but this dude, obviously, Captain Marvel is smarter than him, obviously. and she's like, "Duh, you're a dummy. Duh, dummy face." I figured this out. I just needed to lure you into my trap. Ain't that always the way? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're stupid. I've got a plan B. And then I'm going to steal this thing. And then we're going to fight. And then there's just a big old brawl. Uh, a character who's been in this story shows up and has a good little moment in here. Um, some really sweet stuff. And we see sort of the ramifications and the fallout of not just this storyline, but uh, Civil War II, where Carol stays. Uh, Henry Peter Gyrick gets his comeuppance. Finally. I just want someone to punch him in the face repeatedly for the next Break those forever. glasses. Yeah. Uh, he's a jerk face. Mm-hmm. There's a hug in here, which I thought was really sweet. Powerful hug. Yeah. And then there's, you know, Captain Marvel being Captain Marvel. She's yeah. great. 
pretty much. Speaking of Civil War II, we also have the penultimate issue of Civil War II out this week, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by David Marquez, colors by Justin Ponzor. It is issue number seven of Civil War II. We are following two tracks here. First, we've got Ulysses using his powers, and there's uh, some Andrea Sorrentino art in this issue. Why is that? Because Ulysses uses his powers to time slip all the way into the future of old man Logan, where he almost gets killed by a renegade Hulk, but Logan saves him, and they have a conversation trying to figure out what the heck he did, why he's there, if he can prevent this future from coming to be. Meanwhile, Spider-Man Miles Morales is on the steps of the Capitol building, trying to prove that he's not going to kill Captain America Steve Rogers. Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, and S.H.I.E.L.D. are trying to figure out what the heck to do about Miles Morales. They call the police off, and then who shows up but Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers and Miles have a conversation. Uh, Ulysses comes out of his trance and deals with the Inhumans. Captain Marvel interrupts the conversation. Spider-Man suddenly gets a S.H.I.E.L.D. put up around him because, uh uh-oh, here comes Tony Stark in his, shall we call it, Captain Marvel Buster (laughs) outfit? It's a uh, it's it's a bulkier armor, and now we war machine cover yeah, colors too. War machine colors, very. Uh, we see Carol strike a big blow against Tony, but basically it seems like we're going to get the final Captain Marvel Iron Man confrontation, and it's unlike many things in this issue. Not just going to be a pleasant talk, not going to be a war of words. This is punching and blasting and hurting and hurting. Yeah. All right, on to Deadpool. Too soon. Number two. Too soon. Written by Joshua Corrin, art by Todd Knock, colors by Jim Charlampitas, uh, layouts by Riley Brown. So this was originally an Infinite comic, uh, I believe eight parts. Uh, so this probably covers parts three and four of the Infinite comic. And um, so you get a bunch of stories. Essentially, someone has been murdering Deadpool's friends. They were all gathered for a... Specifically the humor heroes, if yes. you will. Uh, murdering them in really... Awful ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've introduced in this issue to Squirrel Pool, mm. who is great idea. an amalgam of yep. Deadpool and Squirrel Girl. We know what sells, people. She's great. Yeah, I love Squirrel Pool. Is it a she? It. It. Whatever they, it is. They yeah. are great. They are great. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got that. There's this, some horrific deaths for two of the characters here. Then Deadpool goes to you Miami. Just, you just motor right over that. Just like, oh, you know, you, horrific mean, deaths. He's in Miami. Yeah, he goes to Miami. You're, so, you're so disaffected. <laughs> Deadpool goes to You've Miami. seen so much. Try to figure more stuff out. He links up with Ant-Man. And, of course, there's another horrific death. Yeah, just drive right over it. Yeah. And by the end, Deadpool's like, oh, what's going on? i got to go home. i got to go to Shikla. And then... Things take a weird turn. Speaking of horrific deaths, this whole book is called Death of X, man. Number Death four. Death of X. The final issue of Death of X, written by Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire. Pencils by Aaron Cooter and Javier Garon. Inks by Jay Lyson and Javier Garon. Colors by Maury Hollowell and J. David Ramos. Uh, bad stuff happening for mutants and inhumans. We've got Madrid, where Cyclops and Emma Frost have gathered their team, which includes the mutant alchemy and includes Sunfire, and they're going to try to destroy the Terrigen Cloud. Now, um, while they're doing that, Magneto and Storm are kind of holding the Inhumans at bay, but then the whole rest of the royal family shows up. Uh, The initial attempt by Alchemy and Sunfire to transform the Terrigen Cloud does not work. Cyclops gives a pep talk. They try again. The Inhumans are 
fighting the X-Men. This is like a basically a, a very tasty teaser for Inhumans versus X-Men because you get to see plenty of mutant on Inhuman action. Something terrible happens to Alchemy. Uh, Cyclops basically gives his speech and says, you know what? We've done what we've had to do. Do what you have to do. Something we finally find out the fate of Cyclops, the thing that's been teased for months and months all throughout the pages of Marvel Now. Uh, we get Havoc showing up. Why is Havoc's face all messed Havoc's up? Havoc's face is all messed up from uh, Uncanny Avengers when Rick Remender was writing him. Because as you know, Rick Remender does terrible things oh, yeah. to the characters he loves. So, so Havoc has a very illuminating conversation with Emma Frost, who reveals that not everything in this book has been as it seems. And suddenly... Emma Frost is positioned as a hugely important player in this whole Inhumans versus X-Men drama. And now from here, it's going to be, uh, as a result of what happened here, the Inhumans and the X-Men, they, they basically can't not fight. They have to battle. And there's some really sad stuff, some poignant stuff, and it leads into this big action-packed Inhumans versus X-Men brouhaha. Yeah, it's... I I think I was more affected by some of those last couple pages than I expected to be. I was too. Yeah. The the language is beautiful and the art of there's something about the way Emma's face is drawn. There's a maniacal quality. That yeah, but like something who, snapped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. When I say maniacal, I mean like she's gone kind of over the edge and she's yeah. just she's she needs she's, help more yeah, than she's anything. She's not controlling. No one knows that. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a really scary position. Very affecting book. Totally. All right, up next is Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme. Supreme. Written by Robbie Thompson, pencils by Javier Rodriguez, inks by Alvaro Lopez, and colors by Jordi Belair. Love this team. Love this book. Such a good book. Yeah. We open up by seeing in the future, uh, you know, Wiccan and Hulkling and their little kid. Yes, yeah, so little, adorable. Uh, it's, shapeshifty it's, scroll face it's kid. The, it's the cuteness of the week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's so cute. And... Um, uh, Wiccan's gonna go home and have dinner with them, but he's got one last thing to do, and he faces against that the one dust. last thing to do is a doozy. Yeah, he has to face off against the Dust Daughters and mm-hmm. this really crazy, creepy, weird battle, and then it's like, <gasps> ooh, 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 whoa, uh, whoa, really, there. It's really messed up. Then we flash back over to where Wiccan is now. Uh, he's in the midst of this giant battle against something called the Forgotten, which is this awesome villain, super creepy, well weird, designed. amazing design. Uh, and at the end of the first issue, Merlin got, he got, he got iced, yo, uh, by the Forgotten in this giant battle. And this battle is still raging. And without Merlin and really without Doctor Strange at his best and this ragtag group, they are not faring well against this incredible foe. What do you so, think of uh, the Young Ancient One? Oh, young Ancient One is great. <laughs> young Ancient One, in in some ways, reminds me of young, petulant Jackie Chan in hmm. Drunken Master. Yeah. Uh, where he's just like, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go drink and fight. I've never seen Drunken Master. I will fight you. What did you, you just say? You fight me. I would love to see it. Um, if you remind me, I, I will out. bring you. I have the DVDs or Please Blu-rays do. or something somewhere. Okay. Or... Oh my god. I'm a big this Jackie Chan fan. Driving me nuts stuff. right now. All right, calm down. The two movies, there's <laughs> Drunken Master and <laughs> Legend of Drunken Master. We still have a lot to do here. You can't lose it. I love those movies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Just, just get man. back on track. You can Saints do this. alive. You can anyway, do this. Uh whew, I can't get back on track. You can do it. I love you Jackie Chan. I love Jackie Chan, but uh, all right. Anyway, back to this. Channel it. Um 
Yeah. So they, uh, the the our heroes, these this team, the Sorcerers Supreme, have to escape. Uh, they have to uh, just get out of there. Uh, my favorite new character is um, the mindful, mindful one. one. Yeah. Um, and my He's least great. favorite, well, the character I'm enjoying hating is uh, Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton. Yeah. He is a dick. He is truly yeah. a dick. And uh, I want to see him get punched in the face over and over again you by might. someone we like. And we'll see where so that goes. Him and Gyrick are on your hit list this week. Yeah. Take that, fictional characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mindful One is so great uh, and is really pivotal to helping out our team here. Uh, but the team is trying to get themselves, you know, find a footing, find a way to beat the Forgotten, to fight the Forgotten. Uh, by the end of this, they're going to Camelot, which is a huge deal. And we also see how Wiccan got brought into this. So what I love about this is it is a Doctor Strange book, but it's really this team book. Mm -hmm. And we're getting spotlights on all these different characters throughout this series. And they're worthwhile. They're not just, hey, we threw together a bunch of faces to fill a Doctor Strange book. Each of them is compelling in their own right. Yeah. This is like Robbie Thompson is crushing it and you've got Javi. Uh, this whole team is really good. good I team. implore you to read this this console. Yes, please do. And read along with us, won't you, as we journey to the Enchanted Tiki Room for issue number two of this Disney Kingdom's adventure, written by John Adams, art by Horacio Dominguez, colors by Soto Color. And uh, we pick up the action in the Enchanted Tiki Room, where one of the birds has left the band. Uh, he has this interesting conversation with the tree, who I, I from what I gather, this tree cannot talk. But can somehow infinite. There's um, kind of this. This this broke my heart as a dog owner. This story about this old lady and her dog, and she's trying to exploit her dog because her dog can ta talk now. And she has this fantasy about how uh, they go off to Hollywood and they do all this great stuff. But then the dog basically says like, "Look, you treat me like a slave. This is terrible." And I was like, "Whoa." This is heavy. Then the birds hold auditions to try to get a new bird for singing. And Chip, the volunteer, steps in instead. But then he totally ruins the act by doing magic and doing all sorts of other stuff. Uh, and then the birds try to put a hologram like Tupac of the guy who left. That doesn't work out. Then there's this family of rich people who don't understand... Uh, outside of material wealth, how to appreciate things. There's a bird that comes to the island and falls in love with one of the birds that's already there. And then Chip becomes a full-on supervillain. I think I just very effectively summarized Enchanted Tiki Room number two. Yeah, totally. On to Han Solo number five. Number five. Written by Marjorie Liu, art by Mark Brooks and Sonia Obak. Uh, this is the last part of this limited series, and it is a doozy. It's so good. It's gorgeous. It's action-packed. Uh, and you've got you, – we, in this, we find out who the, the traitor was, who was um, conspiring against the rebellion. It's uh, a shocker. Yeah, it's it, not the shocker. No, Ooh, that would have been was the shocker. That would have been the twist to end all twists if the shocker showed up in Han Solo. Wow, that would have been crazy. Uh, but the 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 Dragon Void run is still going on. Uh, we got a bunch of really cool stuff. Is it Dragon Void run? Yeah, Dragon Void. Yeah, uh, you got it. Leanne, uh, what is rhymes? Luriano Lu uh, is this just awesome character, and she's or. He, I believe she is the last of her race. She's a she. Yeah, and she she pulls out this crazy trick yep. to slow down the Empire so that the rest of this uh, crew can finish the race. That, you know, like there's just 
all this wild stuff going on. You've got inside the Millennium Falcon all this mystery of the murder and who's uh, who's traitor, traitor against the rebellion. Han's trying to figure out what to do. Luriano is uh, pulling out all the stops, and really it comes to this moment where she's like, "Look, if I win, I I keep going. Mm-hmm. If I lose, I die. This is it. I'm done. Yeah. Essentially." Uh, and there's this amazing moment. It's really high tense, intense, like crazy Star Wars action yep. as they're racing to the end of uh, the course. And then it's just like, boom, craziness all around. Uh, Han has a great rap scallion with a heart moment. It's it's really like kind of a perfect Star Wars story. It it's feels, really well done. It feels so much like everything you love about Star Wars. Yeah, kudos to that whole creative team. They yeah. really, you're right, they captured magic with uh, that story. It was yeah. really just, it was great. I loved it. The final issue of Marvel Sum Sum, issue number four, written by Jacob Chabot, art by David Balian, with Terry Pallett and Roberto Poggi on inks, Jim Campbell and Andrew Crossley on colors. Ultron is trying to co-opt the Zoom Zooms. He's trying to get them to work for him uh, while the collector is having tea with the mother in this story. I love these kids, these kids who are trying to be superheroes, trying to fight against Ultron, trying to sway the Zoom Zooms to fight on their side. Iron Man shows up, the Avengers come into play, and I love, it's a stupid, silly little thing, but I just love, you know, this is an all-ages book, this is our most iconic version of the characters, and just getting to see Miles Morales, Ms. Marvel, and Sam Alexander Nova there, and to think, like, you know, if a kid's reading this, they're getting introduced to those characters. I don't know why, it just made, tickled my heart a little bit. Yeah. Tickled my heart a little bit. I love that song. Um, (laughs) The Avengers fight against Ultron, the Zoom Zooms choose a side, the kids get to have a hero moment, and they set up a whole new dynamic moving forward, and the Collector has a big problem at the end of the issue. Also this week we got Marvel Ultimate Sp- Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man versus Sinister Six, number five, adapting the Lizards episode, written by Paul Giacopo, directed by Jay Woo Kim, and adapted by our boy Joe Caramagna. Yeah. All right, on to Mighty Thor number 13, written by Jason Aaron, art by Steve Epting. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bring the Epting art to me. Yeah, so good. Colors by Frank Martin. Um, and this is called, it's the League of Realms Rides Again. So we get to see our favorite uh, super group from the Ten Realms, uh, the League of Realms, yes. um, <laughs> going to Alfheim to try and... Uh, liberate the capital city of Jorsovgard. I'll say that's close to correct. That was great. Um, no, it was flawless pronunciation. Which Malekith and his dark elves have just been turning all of Alfheim into just this awful place. Uh, they've taken control of the queen of the light elves and all this other stuff. Uh, but our League of Realms is awesome. you got Sif. You've got Sir Ivory Honeyshot. Royal- He's my favorite. I know. He Ro- is my Favorite. Royal Knight of the Light Elves of Alfheim, and he's got guns. You've got Screwbeard, <laughs> who is uh, one of the dynamite dwarves of Nidalvir. Of course. Nida- Nidavalir. Uh, you're you're nailing it, dude. You yeah. are nailing it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you've got Thor herself. You've got Angela, Ood the Troll, which is like an Ulic type troll. Looked, I thought he was Ulic. He's when I first saw him. Uh, Ro Bloodroot. All trolls oh. look the same to me. Whoa. Ha- hey. Whoa. Whoa. Hey. Hot take. Uh, Roe Bloodroot, who is the wood wizard of Vanaheim, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. Like, you never really get, like, a vibe of how – or maybe I don't get a vibe of how different the uh, 
sort of the gods of Vanaheim are from right. the gods of Asgard. Right. Uh, but there's some cool stuff in here that really like digs into that a little yeah. bit more. Um, Titania Valtilda Venesuvius uh, of the mountain giants of Jotunheim, who's awesome. She's, this, she's a giant archer. And this concludes the Ryan Reed's Norse names yeah, right? that Jason Aaron came up with portion of uh, This Week in Marvel. Uh, but we've also got Ra's Solomon, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in here. Oh, you can say that. No problem. Yeah. But so this this crew is put together. There's this amazing splash page of them. Yeah, it's great. Just like this hero shot. And Drawn like, by Steve Epting. Yeah. I might note. So good. Um... They storm the castle. They fight the fight. There's all kinds of great moments in here. Uh, and then it's a big swerve by the end when we see that. Oh, man. It might have been a trap. It, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and who's waiting on the other end of the trap? We ain't going to say. Not going to say. But it is a bad scene. Bad, bad scene. Oh, over to Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number 13, written by Amy Reeder and Brandon Montclair, art by Natasha Bustos, colors by Tamara Bonvillon. Uh, Amadeus Cho has shown back up in Lunella Lafayette's life and has given her something called the Banner Box. It's a test. It's a test that only she has been able to pass, which basically means she might be the smartest person in the Marvel Universe. I love that they're exploring this. They go with the idea that Maybe she is. Uh, I like that they're bringing this dynamic between Lunella and Re- and uh, Devil Dinosaur a little closer, where she now acknowledges him as a friend. She says, where I go, he goes. We're a team. Uh, Hulk and Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl get into a fight with a bunch of Mole Man's monsters. Natasha Bustos does a great job drawing it. Moon Girl has this great dream where she's kind of a little more grown up, and so is Devil, and she's dealing with all these heroes, this weird array of heroes on the moon, and all the smart characters are coming up and asking her for help. So basically, she's trying to prove that she is the smartest person in the Marvel Universe. Um, And then, unexpectedly at the end, she's hanging out on Yancey Street, so I guess this is expected, but the most famous resident of Yancey Street, The Thing, shows up to have a talk with Lunella. And this is going to be really interesting just because the whole dynamic so far has been basically Lunella dealing with people like Amadeus Cho, who are kind of her intellectual level. Now you got someone like Ben Grimm, who has got street smarts that she can't even touch. How is she going to interact with him? I gots to know. Yeah. She's got brain smarts, but she needs street smarts and emotional smarts. Mm-hmm. She's young. She's Heart smarts. Got a lot to learn. All right. Hot smarts. On to Prowler, number two, written by Sean Ryan. Art by Javier Saltares with Jamal Campbell. And uh, it's a gorgeous Still loving book. that art. Still beautiful. Uh, but this is about Prowler, who is... Uh, Hobie Brown, and he's he's dead and brought back from the dead mm-hmm. uh, by New You and their he's technology. He's a clone, um, but his uh, his now his lot in life. He's helping out New You. He's investigating uh, a business, uh, some business going on in what is it, San Francisco? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and he's been knocked out and captured by <gasps> Spider Woman, aka. Madam Julia Carpenter, a.k.a. Madam Webb. Madam Webb. Um, she, I guess she's not Spider-Woman anymore. She is no, one she of, hasn't been Spider-Woman She was the second Spider-Woman? She was. Yes. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, nicely done. You know, there's been 15,000? Yeah, 15,000. Yep. Roughly. Um, she was number two. Yeah. But so she's pretty good. She's got this precog ability, this psychic ability is going on right now, and she's investigating a whole bunch of stuff, and she sees... Something is up with New You, and she wants to team with Hobie Brown. They go back a ways. She's like, hey, let's figure this out. Let's do it together. We're a team. Hooray. And he's like, well, hold on a minute. 
maybe not. And then he's really reluctant to like fight her, but he also is trying to stop her and explain to her, hey, this is great. So he thinks. Uh, while that's going on, we see at New U, the new Electro is being a total turd. Yeah, um, she's the worst. She is the worst. Makes makes me long for the old Electro. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I am enjoying hating her. No, I mean, as like a person, as, as a likable person. Yeah. Oh, yeah was the you Electro ever likable? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but she's a jerk. And she electrocutes... Uh, the other Madam Web, the mm-hmm. original Madam Web, who yep. is also a clone brought back uh, to do New Year's bidding a bit. And uh, she electrocutes her to get a, the whereabouts of Prowler because she wants to kill Prowler again. She killed him the first <laughs> time. She wants to do it again. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff back and forth. And we see that she may get her wish one way or another. Mm, yucky. Um, over to Spider-Gwen, number 14, written by Jason Latour, art by Robbie Rodriguez and Chris Visions, Rico Renzi supplying the colors. It's Thanksgiving. How appropriate. Over on Earth-65, Gwen visits her dad in jail. Matt Murdock's there along with her. We na- na- navigate a little bit of the complicated relationship between Gwen and Matt. What I like here is we get a lot of the Parkers, Ben and May, and we kind of get a sense of what their world's like after having lost their nephew. Uh, Gwen has a meeting with May. It's a little heartbreaking. And then Jessica Drew and Porcupine show up As to celebrate do. Thanksgiving with Gwen. Yeah. It's great. Uh, it's very perfectly written. The voices are nailed nicely. You feel like you're reading an issue of Spider-Woman. Yeah, sure do love uh, all that Porcupine and Spider-Woman oh stuff. Oh my god. Just loving it. Uh, really, really loving it. I know. They're really twisting the knife here. Yeah. Um, they eat fast food. They do crazy stuff. There's more stuff with the Parkers. There's stuff with the per- Thanksgiving Day Parade. And then there's Porcupine heading off to do things. Do Porcupine things. Just wonderful things. Porcupine, Porcupine, and Porcupine, Porcupine. <laughs> And then we've got a... Uh, official Marvel handbook entry of Ben Parker and May Parker from Earth 65 here in the back of the book. Super cool. Star Wars, number 25, written by Jason Aaron, art by Jorge Molina, colors by Matt Mila. Uh, the Last Flight of the Harbinger continues. You've got this crew of really tough stormtroopers. They're like a cut above your normal stormtrooper. I'm, I'm turning to you as a yes. Star Wars expert here. You got General Creel, who's like the baddest of the bad. Um, he and his crew have taken over the ship, the Harbinger, that our favorite heroes are on. Luke's there. Han's there. Leia's there. Sana's there. C-3PO's there. R2-D2's there. They're all in trouble. All your favorites. Are all there. your favorites. Uh, Han and Leia are trying to basically maneuver around all these uh, rebellion uh, empire ships that show up, all these imperial spaceships. Luke is having a lightsaber war with General Creel, which I love is that um, Darth Vader really wants to get to Luke, and he's so condescending. He's just like, neither of them should be having a lightsaber duel. They don't have the talents or something <laughs> like that. It's really great. Um, Luke pulls a nice move on Creel. Very unexpected. We got... Chewie getting his chance to fight the stormtroopers. The art is just awesome here. Jorge Molina really shines. Sana uses some sneaky tricks. I like it that basically, brute force wise, they cannot beat these stormtroopers. These stormtroopers are better fighters. They have better weapons. They're just better. But they all come up with smart ways to get done what they need to get done. And it looks like somehow... Lots of banana peels. It's basically Home Alone on a, a Star Destroyer. These stormtroopers are basically the wet bandits, yep. um, and that's just what happens to them. Luke gets in his X-Wing. They, the good guys are the X-Wings, right? 
<laughs> yes. The bad guys are the TIE fighters? Correct. Hello. You did Star Wars. I went on Star Tours again when I was at Disney. <laughs> um, Darth Vader gets very frustrated, which is always nice. And the the team of bad guys seems like they're beaten, but they got an ace in the hole. And then, hold up. Wait a sec. We got another story called Droid Dilemma by Chris Eliopoulos and Jordi Belair. It's in memory of Kenny Baker. And this is an R2-D2 adventure drawn by Chris Eliopoulos. I did not know how much I needed this in my life until I got it. And it's it's great. Crucial. Yes. All right. On to Ultimates 2, number one. Ultimates squared. Ultimates 2, number one. (laughs) Ultimates squared. Yeah. uh, Number one. We write it as Ultimates 2 in the site and everything because there's no way to write Ultimates squared. I think there is. There probably is. I'm not, not, look, I'm not in the business of figuring this stuff out. (laughs) Maybe you should be. Yeah, probably. Uh, All right. You're not wrong. The uh, title of this issue is called What Do You Dream? And it's written What do you dream, Stephen? (laughs) I was waiting for it. What disturbs you? Uh, written by Al Ewing, art by Travel Foreman, mm. colors by Dan Brown. So it's a gorgeous issue. Delicious and Travel Foreman art. Give it all to me. Crazy. Uh, it opens with the line, everything is screaming, and it pulls back to see mm. Eternity in Chains. Which, you know, I I thought Eternity was like, eh, it's kind of a big deal, but he wasn't the big deal. And as I've like gone back and read Who things. Who did you think was the big deal? The uh, Living Tribunal. The Living Tribunal. Yeah. And I realized that eternity is everything. Everything. And so eternity is the biggest deal. The big deal. Yeah. Um, the biggest of deals. Yeah. And I should have remembered, but when I was growing up, I could never find Infinity Gauntlet number five. So right. I didn't read it until many years later. Right. And that's the issue where, where he fights. He fights uh, the like cosmic abstracts. Yeah. He fights the cosmic abstracts, beats all of them. And then he's like, finally, the puppet master comes out. He's like, finally, he fights eternity yeah. and becomes eternity, becoming everything. Anyway. Uh, Living a, Tribunal is a big deal, though. He is. He, he's, he's, he's dead. A, yeah, he's de- he's gone. Yeah, but anyway, Eternity is in chains, and there's this this you know something else hideous taking form and laughing and reaching, and it's just it is terrifying. It is really really well done in setting no up bueno. the nightmare that is to come. We get this beautiful double page spread of this the scary entity and things that are going on and why Eternity is screaming and how it's affecting reality, uh, and then boom, we go back to our you know our crew the ultimates team and we see blue marvel disbanded ultimates team yeah yeah blue marvel waking up from a nightmare and he's kind of got this vision of what we've seen and he's upset by it and he's trying to figure it out he's sciencing it a little bit he's sciencing on monica rambeau he's macking on monica rambeau he's doing a lot on monica rambeau yeah and monica is great because she's like I've kind of been feeling a little out of it as well, and they've got this little touchy-feely business going on. Man, I just love... I know I've said it before, but I love that Blue Marvel is not just a forgotten character off in Limbo, but is an active, important part of the Marvel Universe. He's a great character. He didn't do anything for a while. Kudos uh, on his creation to Kevin Grevue, um, and kudos to Al Ewan for pulling him back. Yeah. Just great stuff. Totally. Uh, and they're having this this cool little moment, and then boom, in jumps Connor Sims, who is the anti-man. We the saw him anti-man. in the first, uh, the la- the previous volume of Ultimates, uh, but he's now even more souped up, and he's able to sort of lay down the law and stop Blue Marvel and Spectrum, Monica Rambeau, from escaping or going anywhere. He's not hurting them, but he's like, hey, I need you guys chill. to chill. Uh, that's really great moment. Maybe my favorite moment in comics this week comes up as Captain Marvel <laughs> is in this diner 
in uh, I don't know. It's just called the Vidalia. Diamond. Yeah, they don't say where it is. Um, wherever this is, they small town it. USA. Yeah, she's there having a cup of coffee. That you know, there's this really remote place, and in walks this guy, and it's like, oh, it's a date, and we find out the the guy is T'Challa, the Black Panther, undercover as Luke Charles, yep. who's doing this. That's his legit alter ego that he uses when he's in oh, the background. Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. He this goes way back to the '60s when. He moved to New York to be an Avenger, and he wanted to have a job so he could, like, you know, be one of the people. He became schoolteacher Luke Charles. Uh, so this dates way back. Amazing. I love it even more yep. now. Uh, we've got this great bit because Black Panther and Captain Marvel had a very uh, contentious end uh, to their their working friendship relationship at the end of Civil War II. Uh, really at odds, but... Now they're having a talk, trying to be civil with each other, trying to uh, talk about some really messed up stuff that's going on and how they can factor into things. And they're also having these weird dreams. Mm -hmm. um, boom, in jumps Anti-Man, blah, blah, blah. Uh, great stuff. We find out how this is all forming together um, and who they're being brought to. It's awesome. it's like a three-tier thing that leads to this last moment. The, and last, the, last, page, page the last page is the best. Is my favorite. Yeah. Yes. Truly really the best. Up next, we've got Venom number one, written by Mike Costa, with art by Her Gerardo Sandoval and Dono Sanchez Almada. And this is this is this is a fresh new start for Venom. He's all happy go lucky at sunshine and flowers. Nope. Nope. Not at, not all. at all. Nope. Uh, we meet a new guy and you know, he's sort of we, we learn his history, his path, where he's been, what he's doing, how he's trying to get himself together and put himself on a path. Um, but we also see that the symbiote is – we don't – it's never ex really explained what happened with the symbiote. No, why we don't know why it's not with Flash Thompson It's not anymore. with Flash and why it is um, – it looks sick, yep. uh, which I think is really – it's not like said outright, but it like it looks sick. You see it. You know, going around and it's gross. It's really great. The art is awesome, um, but we we get to see how the symbiote merges onto this new character and what this new character brings to um, to the table. And he's he's kind of not a good dude. Not a good dude. Not, at no all. real moral center. Not the guy you want man in the good ship venom. No, uh, and and I think it's gonna be a, a bad scene yeah. for Venom, especially that symbiote. I mean, Ooh. it looks really sick. Like poor that, symbiote wants that just thing, wants to help. Yeah, that thing bummed me up, especially because we've got we had this story about the symbiote like getting you know cleansed and mm -hmm. sort of getting refreshed, and tr it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good creature who had some bad things happen, yeah. and now it's Down stuck on, on a bad luck. dude down on its luck finally we have x-men 92 number nine the penultimate chapter of x-men 92 written by chris sims and chad bowers art by alti fermencia colors by matt mila uh, a lot of stuff converging here the x-men who are out in space come back home and they see this giant hand trying to caress the earth uh, we find out what that is from Apocalypse, who's working with Joseph, Cassandra Nova, Exodus, and a whole bunch of others. Uh, we have Robert Kelly, Senator Kelly, who's the president here, being all sorts of jerky. Is he still alive? In ours? In, in the no, main universe. he is gone. Who killed him? Uh, Mystique, mm. maybe? Graydon Creed? Graydon Creed was already dead by the time... Mm. Senator Kelly died, but Senator Kelly's definitely dead. I gotta look that one up. I love the use of characters like Dead Girl, Dead Girl as part of Generation X yeah. here. Um, I love everything with Extreme. 
everything done with Extreme, perfect. Yep. Uh, and I love that they um, Professor X uses telepathy to calm down this team, the Extremists. So you get like Smiley, Random, Marrow, and Maggot. But Extreme is just too extreme, and he can't be taken down by mind powers. Yeah. Instead, you can't stop him with that. Wolverine has to threaten him. You uh, need some like Code Red Mountain Dew to calm <laughs> him down. <laughs> we got stuff going on with the Brood, with Death's Head. There's just so much goodness packed into these comics. And then Apocalypse shows up with his evil team, and Professor X is here with his good team. They're like, oh, we have a bigger threat that we have to work together against. Wait, let's fight first, because that's how we do it. Get some old school action perfectly capturing the feels of the moment something happens to apocalypse and we have a great last page uh siege by another bunch of characters great just so so fun i'm gonna miss this book a lot yeah all right ben what do you got you know what i'm gonna surprise you Mm. i think and my twin of the week is Star Wars, number Ooh. 25. I really liked that issue. Ooh. I thought it was really clever and just great action and everything. Yeah. I am torn between Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme, number two, mm-hmm. and Ultimates 2, number one. I think I'm going to give it to Ultimates 2, Ultimates number one. Ultimates 2 is real good. It's so real pretty good. and so cool and so weird. It's got one of my favorite casts. Like, the oh, the characters in that so good. It's good stuff. I also would throw in Cage, number two, as being completely different but just like gorgeous yeah. and death of x number four was really good too and right so, on in civil war two number seven <laughs> yeah so you know everything books 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 everything books. uh collections on sale this week amazing spider-man worldwide volume three captain britain legacy of legend captain marvel by jim starlin the complete collection yeah hold on a second can't skip over those those last two. Mm-hmm. Captain Britain, Legacy mm-hmm, of Legend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's got Alan Moore stories. Mm. It's got tons of Alan Davis stuff. Wow. It's got The Fury. It's got Jasper. It's got cool black and white stories. It's got some of the best art. It is bonkers. Need you to need yeah. to check that out because I've never read it. All of you. Yeah. It's awesome. It's chock full of stuff. Then the Captain Marvel by Jim Starlin complete collection mm-hmm. is like just Jim Starlin Captain Marvel stuff, and it's. It's absolutely insane, wow. and it's there's so much weird, fun stuff in there, and it even has the uh, Death of Captain Marvel graphic novel in oh, there. Oh, cool. Um, it's got tons of old Thanos stuff and, mm. and Captain Marvel, and just it's really, really cool. Good. Got to check that out. Yes. I think I'm going to steal uh, Captain Britain Legacy of Legend for my, my trip down to Thanksgiving. Do it. I'm going to do it. You also Can't have a digital me. version that is added to your, <sighs> your digital stuff. I like week. reading things in my hands. You could, you have an iPad in your hands. You're right. I do have an iPad in my hands. Anyways, back to the books out this week. Contest of Champions, Volume 2, Final Fight, Darth Vader, Volume 4, End of Games, Drax, Volume 2, Children's Crusade, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, New Guard Wanted, that's in hardcover, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Volume 4, I Kissed a Squirrel and I Liked It, Continuing to Kill It, on the trade paperback names, and X-Men Bishop's Crossing. X-Men Bishop's Crossing right. is another one that I have on my desk because I just want to look at it look every at day. It. It's that... Will's Portacio art. Yep. It's the uh, right after... Um, right after the Muir Island saga. Yep. It's the first adventure of the X-Men gold team. Yep. Uh, that's where you get... It's, we get introduced to Malcolm and Randall yep. and Bishop, yep. but Malcolm and Randall... Malcolm and Randall have probably their biggest role to date. <laughs> um... It's it's the there's all the the heartbreaking stuff with um, the Colossus with well, the oh, Hellions Colossus. yeah Hellions definitely but also with Colossus and his brother so, which yeah, is just, really hard I, and like this is like formative stuff for me I remember reading this as a kid 
like going walking to the comic store, buying those issues and reading them. Oh, see, this so was good. I haven't read most of it because this was always I was an X Men Blue guy, and I thought much like you know Ron Smackdown, I thought you had to pick a side. <laughs> And I was just like X-Men Blue all the way, the Jim Lee stuff. So I didn't really read a lot of the Portasio stuff. I have the first couple issues, but that's it. So I'm going to dive in and read uh, this as well. Portasio I'm going to read it on my digital collection. You do it. Portasio was crushing it so hard. It's insane. So good. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is a really great co- collection. Yeah. Uh, and you plus, 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 you've got all the stuff with uh, like the Flash forwards-ish, I guess, of Bishop flashback to Bishop's future. Oh, all right. When, like... The Witness. The Witness and, like, all that stuff that, like, haunted us for years. Yeah. Like, what does it mean? Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys don't understand what it was like to grow up in a world where we didn't know who the X-Men trader was. <laughs> and it was just constantly hanging over our heads we didn't have the internet speculation so it was like wizard magazine or hero magazine or there was another if you read them you know what hero magazine is hero illustrated maybe it was hero illustrated and Mm. fan maybe overstreet that was the price guy (laughs) like you would wait every month to see what the speculation was what it like what's going on in comics outside of what you're reading it was the best it's crazy good times Good times. Uh, digital comics on sale this week. Everything we covered as well as a year of Marvel's November Infinite comic number one. Also on the app this week, Captain Britain 1976 number one and two. New Exiles number seven through 18. Peter Parker Spider-Man from 1999 number 35, 37, and 44 through 47. Thunderbolts International Incident number one. Digital collections on sale this week. Amazing Spider-Man Worldwide volume three. Aranya, Volume 2, In the Beginning, Captain Britain, Legacy of a Legend, Captain Marvel by Jim Starlin, The Complete Collection, Contest of Champions, Volume 2, Final Fight, Drax, Volume 2, The Children's Crusade, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, New Guard, Volume 2, Wanted, Mm -hmm. New Excalibur, Volume 1, Defenders of the Realm, New Exiles, Volumes 2 and 3, Soul Awakening and the Enemy Within, Star Wars, Darth Vader, Volume 4, End of Games, the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Volume 4, I Kissed a Squirrel and I Liked It, and X-Men Bishop's Crossing. Over across the street on Marvel Unlimited, here's what's been freshly digitized for you all. All New Wolverine, Number 8, Astonishing Ant-Man, Number 8, Black Knight, Exodus, Number 1, Cable from 1993, 45 through 47, 59 through 62, 74 through 75, Captain America, Steve Rogers, Number 1, Civil War 2, Number 0, Daredevil Punisher, Seventh Circle, Infinite Comic, number six. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, number one, as well as number 32 and 33. Deadpool, Last Days of Magic, number one. Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, number four. Guardians of the Galaxy, 1990 volume, number 21 through 29, as well as Guardians of the Galaxy Annual, number two. Haunted Mansion, number three. Hawkeye, number 22. Hawkeye, Earth's Mightiest Marksman, number one. Infamous Iron Man, number three. Karnak, number four. Old Man Logan, number six. Power Man and Iron Fist, number four. Silver Surfer, number four. Spider-Man, number four. Spider-Woman, number seven. Spidey, number six. Squadron Supreme, number seven. Star-Lord, number seven. Tales of Suspense, The Old Stuff, number 32 through 38. Uncanny Avengers, number nine. Hot dog. That's a lot of comics in your Marvel Unlimited. Uh, Hope you enjoy them over this long Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Now, it's time for the news. And now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News! 
Okay, so in comics, uh, a few weeks ago we did a big rollout for all the new X-Men series that are coming out. Not to be forgotten are the Inhumans, who have a bunch of exciting new books coming out. You've got Royals, written by Al Ewing, art by John Boy Myers, which takes the royal family out into space, Ooh. where they're looking to reclaim their legacy. Um, in addition to that, we're going to have a, a new Black Bolt solo ongoing, uh, so that's going to be really exciting. And Secret Warriors, wait till you see who's on the Secret Warriors team. It's kind of crazy. Uh, you are a reserve member. Perfect. So they'll Can't call wait. you if they need you. Hey guys, I'm here. Also a big announcement this week, America, the ongoing series starring Miss America Chavez. This was long awaited. Uh, Gabby Rodriguez is doing the writing well we've got um joe canone is on art it looks like a dream team gabby did a great interview with us that just really won me over she's a first-time comics writer but she gets it uh people are really excited about this book she does ya yep um so she's writer it's great i'm excited <laughs> I like that she's a writer you know she it's writes not like me coming in and writing a comic book you can write I can you write, can write. I can write a tweet. You can write okay. Um, over in games, Dr. Voodoo. He's in Contest of Champions. You can play as him. He's the best. Maybe you can earn him. The He's doctor, hard to get. The Doctor of Voodoo. Yeah. Ooh, Voodoo. Thankfully, it's not the Doctor of Style Slick. Oh, my God. I hope he gets added to the Contest of Champions <laughs> That'll soon. never happen. I need to talk to them about adding him, about adding Akeem, about adding the nope. Big Boss Man. Nope. No. Oh, my God, dude. I was just watching... Survivor Series 1988 oh. um, over the weekend. No, it was great. Was that? It was a great the Hulkamaniacs show. versus? No, there were no Hulkamaniacs because it was the main event was the Mega Powers with Hercules, Hillbilly Jim, and Coco Beware. Greatest team ever. Against the Twin Towers uh, of Akeem and Big Boss Man. They also had Haku um, and I'm blanking on who else they had. They had a not not that great a team. Wow. Um, but the best match, well, this was also the match where, uh, have you ever seen the Demolition Mr. Fuji Powers of Pain double turn? Mm-mm. Okay, so the Demolition starts the match as bad guys. And this is when they had those huge 20-man tag team matches, which they had again this year. Um, so you had, like, all the tag teams in the WWF. There were tons of them. You had Demolition, Heart Foundation, British Bulldogs, Rockers, Powers of Pain, Brain Busters, all sorts of teams. So you had Demolition was managed by Mr. Fuji at the beginning of the match. And then towards the end of the match, Mr. Fuji accidentally costs them. Like he causes one of them to get pinned. They beat the crap out of him. And then the Powers of Pain, who are the good guys, come over and dust him off and pick him up. An instant double turn. Now Demolition is the good guys for beating up this old man. And Bowers of Pain are the bad guys for helping him. It's it's bonkers. I could Wrestling go on Wrestling is insane. Wrestling is the best. That's so anyways, go for Dr. Voodoo and Contest of Champions. Yeah. Uh, I've got Winter Soldier. He's good. He's four stars. He's the best. Yeah, he's real good. Uh, all right, cool. We're going to send it over to the West Coast, who I guess it's just Christine Rowland Solo. It's just Christine Rowland Solo. Strami is on a well-deserved, I don't know, vacation. <laughs> He's on a vacation. So uh, here's to Christine. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Yeah. Hello, this week in Marvelites. This is assistant editor Christine Din and Christine Din, mostly because Strom's out on vacation. It's a pretty sure week with Thanksgiving. 
So let's just get down to business. What do we have for you guys? Um, first, we have a, um, an awesome news. Academy Award-nominated Angela Bassett joins Marvel Studios' Black Panther as um, the Black Panther's mom. We have a lot to look forward to, you know, as they start filming in the next, we're pretty sure, like a month and a half or so. Let's see. Now, moving on to TV, we have a video for you guys to check out on both YouTube and Marvel.com. Uh, the creators of Robbie Reyes, the ghostwriter, Felipe Smith, and um, Trad Moore, they actually got to visit the set of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, recently, and they got to kind of see how, you know, Gabriel Luna brought the character to life and how, you know, the variations in the costumes and how the show really captured the essence of Robbie, and it's pretty cool. So they walk you through on the on the set. We're actually back next week with a new all-new episode of um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Tuesday, 10 p.m. We can get back to our viewing schedule. Next week also, launching for animation, we have Marvel Funko Shorts, which are super adorable. Um, they'll be on our Marvel YouTube channel. The next one you'll see is Iron Man, Spidey, and Loki just kind of duking it out in really cute Funko ways. <laughs> the last thing is that the People's Choice Awards polling is still alive. You have until December 15th to vote for categories to support Mar Captain America Civil War and for Joe Marvel's Luke Cage. That's it, guys. It's pretty short. So I'm gonna throw it back to New York where they have an interview. And now welcome to This Week in Marvel, our very special guest. Hey everybody, welcome back to This Week in Marvel. My name is Ben Morse. I'm the Editorial Director of Digital Media. I've got on my left... Uh, Blake Garris, and we have a very special guest on the show today. Introduce yourself, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This your boy, Drummer Boy, a.k.a. D-Boy Fresh. Live. What's happening? I'm kind of shocked you even have time to do an interview with us because you're always so busy with, like, so many artists and studios. Man, I'm busy. I was in the studio earlier. I just left the studio, actually, and um, it's, it's like you... You don't understand, like, this is one of the coolest things in my book. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, especially outside of the music world, just Marvel.com, bro. Like, I grew up, I'm, I'm like, grew up, you know what I'm saying? You watching. were telling us, you, you were impressing <laughs> us with some of your favorites. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Captain America, I mean, Thor, you know what I'm saying? And, of course, Hulk is, like, the number one in my book. You Why know is Hulk number one? Just, just I can relate to him. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily. You turn into a green rage monster. <laughs> yeah, mentally. When you're angry, mentally. Okay. And, I, and when I make beats, that's the that's that's what I put out through my beats. Like, you know what I'm saying? Specifically, I think about I put on mm -hmm. for my city featuring Kanye West. Like when I was making this beat, that's that's what I felt. And before that, you know what I mean? Like I remember when my dad told me. You know, unfortunately, I wasn't gonna be. You know what I'm saying? And this is coming from the first chair clarinetist in the Memphis Symphony Orchestra you know what wow. I mean okay. I come from the orchestra Beethoven Sebastian wow. Bach you know what I mean and didn't really know about hip hop until 12 or 13 so you know um, I didn't even tell him who Drummer Boy was I didn't tell him I was making beats until 18 like a lot of people in the orchestral world they look at hip hop kind of like Hmm, that's not really music That's hmm. not really So you know I had to make sure I had a name for myself Before I stepped hmm. To my pop And long story short He was like Man You're not gonna do Nothing with hip hop You're not gonna be This You're not gonna be And I just was like Remembering 
turning into Hulk. Yeah. Like, bro, Hulk you don't know out. who I am. Like, I'm drummer boy. I'm in these streets. I'm doing this. I got all these placements. I had Yo Gotti placements, Pastor Troy placements. I did a standing ovation. I did White Girl for Jeezy, um, Shawty for Plies, T-Pain. And I remember Jeezy was like, yo, I'm about to do my next solo project. And I did a standing ovation on his first album, Thug Motivation 101. And his next album, he was like, yo, I got a special somebody in the studio. He didn't even tell me it was Kanye. And I was like, man, well, you know, this this auto-tune thing had, had started rising mm-hmm. up. And I was like, man, you should try some auto-tune. So this is the first time you actually heard Kanye West even with wow. auto-tune. Okay. You know what I mean? So I put on for my city, Young Jeezy featuring Kanye West. That's what pulled the Hulk out of me, for real. And, and it's crazy because my dad made a bet, like... You know, I got kicked out of school due to unattendance. So he's looking at my my classes and my grades. I'm flunking out of gym. Like, come on, bro. You love basketball. Like, what are you doing? I know you're up to something. I'm in Atlanta waiting on this album to come out. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, well, since you the big bad wolf, since I can't tell you nothing, da 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 show me 100000 in your bank account within a year or else I'm kicking your ass and I'm putting you back in school. And it's like, man, Hulk. Was 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 birthed within me that year, you know what I mean? And ten months later, I remember bringing him my statement, like pops. I did it, and and we've been best friends ever since. You That's know awesome. what I'm saying? So it's certain things, it's certain situations in life that that bring out that Hulk that that makes you into this person that you don't even know you're capable of becoming, and you accomplish so many of the things in your life that you never know is possible. You know what I mean? And and, and making dreams come true is a part of that Hulk connection for me. Let me ask too. I mean, you mentioned some of the artists you've worked with, but like your resume is insane. Can you kind of tell fans who haven't heard of you, like, just go through some a list of some of the other artists that you've you've worked with? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest songs that I did, uh, I mentioned earlier, Plies featuring T Pain, uh, Shawty. I did a record, Money to Blow, Birdman's first number one, um, featuring Drake, uh, Lil Wayne. Um, I did another record recently, No Hands, Waka Flocka. Featuring Roscoe Dash, Wale. Um, you are speaking about Wale earlier. Mm-hmm. I also did a, a big record where we had Hillary Clinton and the whole world <laughs> dancing and dabbing to look at my dab for the Migos, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so it, it, it's just fun, you know what I mean? No Love, August Alcino featuring Nicki Minaj. Um, Ride Around, I'm Getting It, 2 Chains. Um, and the list goes on and on. I mean, I got I got a plethora. Yeah, with such a records. diverse list of people you collaborate with, how do you kind of adapt? How do you switch? So you know, working with this guy is not the same as working with that guy because you're not you're not in the studio twice with the same person. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like. Uh, it really comes down to that's that's the therapist side of me. Like I'm mm-hmm. a therapist first before a producer. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of weird. So a lot of times I have to listen to the music, dissect what you have going on, and then present what I think is best fit for what's missing. You know, I, I deliver what you need. So a lot of times people have ballads and slower songs, whatever. And, you know, when, when somebody like myself comes into the end of an album, I'm delivering a single. So, so like, Jeezy's done with his project, but I come in and, and sneak amazing um, um, ambitions of a hustler, a rider, and I put on. It's like three songs when he says he's done with the album. Okay, these are the biggest songs on the album. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, that that's that's the fun part. When somebody says they're done with the album, you're like, all right, well, let's get in the studio. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, like he just bumped out all of these records. Shout out to Prince Charles. He just wrote You Needed Me for Rihanna. I'm, I'm executive producing his album, uh, UMG, Universal uh, Republic. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a beautiful uh, situation. 
and you know he was done with his project ep he was like yo i need one drummer boy track we got in the studio now i have five on his ep i want to mention too earlier you mentioned you love the Mm x-men and i gotta say i should have told you this earlier but one of our x-men editors when i told him you were coming he freaked out <laughs> and he has like a special shirt he wears every time a celebrity wants to meet comes in long story it's kind of weird to say it out loud That's but um crazy. what um why the x-men do you have a specific character um, the you x-men one of my the favorite character on the x-men obviously the game you know what i mean we were huge x-men uh, i was a huge gamer still a huge gamer um always been a fan of wolverine so you know between wolverine and um um Cyclops, you know what I'm saying? Those are like my top two guys just yeah. to fight with, just you know what I'm saying? And they had like the best features, um, and were, you know, just like I like power. You know, yeah. I like the powerful, like I like Thor, you know what I'm saying? I like, you know what I'm saying, Captain America. I like the guys who who just are, you know, cool. Like every kid was, you know what I'm saying, on Batman, on Superman, but like Hulk just brought something different. You know what I'm saying? Thor was like in a completely different world, you know what I'm saying, and and, and X Men was in a league of their own. What well, we see, Ben and I have interviewed a number of like hip hop artists and producers. Like, I we always love asking, like, why do you think hip hop and comics just seem to kind of be a similar, um, a similar genre? That's man, I think it's the, it's like comics remind you of graffiti in a mm. way. It's weird, but it's the art, it's the colors, it's the combinations. Like comics. Is, is one of the most artistic ways to show a story. And it we can relate to it and we can read it easier than just reading a book. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, in, in our world, like comic books, even like I spoke on collecting the cards, like it was just cool. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody would be bragging on, yo, I got the new X-Men gold card. I remember having the Saber Wolf gold card and you know what I'm saying? Like the Vogue gold and silver cards and having cards that other kids wouldn't have them. Like we would, you know, trade and, and do things. But but the comic book series, it was just the graffiti, the hip hop, the, 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 the colors, you know what I mean? The, the atmosphere, the mm-hmm. ambiance. You know what I mean? You hmm. talk about the Hulk being an influence on, you know, your life and your personal stuff. In terms of your professional life, are there any comic references in any of the songs or inspirations that people might not see right away? Um, people have shouted out Cyclops okay. uh, uh, a couple times. I might have heard I slayed like Wolverine, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, or uh, some three times with since he had the three claws on his mm-hmm, on his mm-hmm. thing with three stripes like Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard a couple, you know what I'm saying? And you know, it's certain things that just put you in that 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 memory. You know, be like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's what we do. We just put words together. You know what I'm saying? And and the things that we remember the most are comics, stereo boxes, whips. You know what I'm saying? Jury. But as a teenager, you know, sports, basketball cards was the only other cards that we were collecting. You know what I mean? A few baseball cards, um, but for the most part, I think comics was like. That's a good way to transition into the Hulk-inspired song. Hulk Smash Remix. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's crazy. Um, I got a call from DeKaby. Shout out to my boy DeKaby. Shout out to Trackmark. And they were like, man, we should collab and do something crazy with no vocals, just an instrumental. And um, I started producing this track. You know what I mean? We just called it the Hulk Smash Remix. I was like, just the elevation of, of, of certain parts of the music and then certain parts of how the music climaxes. It was like, man, this is this is a Hulk smash. 
and you know in a in club terms so many people like yo i'm a hulk smash this i'm a hulk smash that and it's just like all of these things that people will start hashtagging hulk smash remix so then i get a call from uh uh one of dan bilzerian's camera guys you know what i'm saying if you don't know who dan bilzerian is he's like this big poker player you know what i'm saying 19 million followers on instagram and he's I, I wake up one morning and he's got my music on the background of his lifestyle at video mm. So he posts it. He's like, yo, music by Drummer Boy. So I'm like, yo. like I got like 3,000 followers within like <laughs> five minutes. I'm like, what is going on? You know what I'm saying? And and just the support that we've been getting, this is the first trap EDM song I've ever produced. Ever. You know what I mean? And we really took the time. We took the energy. We wanted to make sure the mix was right. Like everything was perfect. Um, and, you know, we played it for so many different DJs and got the feedback from, you know, different DJs in this city, different DJs in this city, and just really wanted to deliver a piece of work to you guys that you could really party to and just trance out, you know what I mean? So, Hulk Smash Remix, here it is, let's play it. How can fans find, is it out now? It's live right now on oh, iTunes, okay. yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, you know what I mean, stream it, download it, we're on Spotify. We're, we're, you know what I'm saying? Hulk smash remix. <laughs> Drummer boy. Is it, when you're producing a hip hop versus EDM song, is there like a different approach? Or you just kind of do it kind of the same? Well, like Flostradamus, Clinton Sparks, uh, DJ Chucky's a good friend of mine. All of these guys have been like, yo, man, you're like one of the originators of trap. And there's always these trap breakdowns in the EDM or the dance world and whatnot. So they're like, yo, you're the god of this. You got to you know jump in this world and um it's like coming from the orchestral world and being able to write and arrange and compose and all that i can write any piece of music if somebody calls me and says they need jazz i'm doing jazz for empire mm -hmm. i'm doing old 60s soul for star you know i mean we're working on some of the biggest tv shows out right now i've scored films and whatnot so you know this opportunity is just fun man i just do anything that's fun and and follow your heart follow your passion follow your instinct you know what i mean that's awesome You've talked about a couple times the orchestral background. <coughs> what's the uh, what's the biggest tool you can take from that to use in hip hop or EDM? Fundamentals, hmm. point blank. I mean, if you're gonna be a basketball player, you're gonna know how to dribble, how to shoot with your left, how to shoot with your right. You know, even even uh, playing defense, running backwards. You know, what I mean, being able to you know do some of the most. Uh, astounding things on the court and, and it's the same thing in the music world being able to do some of those th same astounding things uh, in the studio being able to understand the key you know being able to provide a key change for artists if you're in with Mariah Carey or Mary J. Blige and they say hey I want to go up a key here I want to change this here I need a bridge here um, if Universal or Epic or, or Interscope calls you can you deliver hey we need a record within 24 hours TV shows say, hey, I need something for this within an hour. Can you deliver? You know what I mean? Do you have these things? And to me, success is being prepared when opportunity presents itself. If you prepare it, if you got the work, if you got the inventory, you know what I mean? It's, awesome. it's, it's, it's a piece of cake. I'm sure you get this asked this a lot, so I apologize, but is there anybody you're, you haven't worked with that you you're, is on your bucket list? Uh, Beyonce, Jay-Z, of course, uh, the two top greats, um, Kendrick Lamar, um, John Legend. It's quite a few people, you know what I mean? But um, 
as as we work up the ladder, I've never signed a a, a a label deal. I've never signed to a label. So all of all of my placements that I've ever had in my life have come from actually knowing the artists. That's awesome. And you know, we cover ground day by day. So you're, who like, knows a who. you're like a mercenary. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Who knows who we'll be working with next week, man? It, it, you know, I meet guys. Some we go in the studio with. Some it, it takes eight years, nine years. I've been knowing Tip. 12 years now you know what i mean and i knew him before i'm serious trap music urban legend i am king and i end up on paper trail album i do four on that particular album it's 200 percent publishing on his biggest album so you know a lot of times you wait for the right moment i produced what up was happening i did uh ready for whatever you ain't missing nothing and uh that's another one on there that that brings up another good question have you did you see ant-man uh, I did. What did you think of uh, Ant Man? Was cool. It, 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 the graphics were amazing. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> like, I like the like, pause and then yeah. just still went. There. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to. Yeah. I had to. <laughs> it, it, the graphics were crazy, and um, it, you know, it's a cool story. Like I, I thought it was gonna be a little. And eh, when you hear the the title, then you forget Ant-Man. what what he yeah. really does. Like yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. So you know, definitely check the movie out. It was, it was dope. Um, let me ask too before we forget. I probably will forget because you have so many things going on. But you have a clothing line. Mm-hmm. A record label, mm-hmm. your own emoji mm-hmm. thing. I, I'm not, I don't have a iPhone, so I don't know what they call it. Emoji. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you just go to your app store, type in Drummer Boy, or type in Drum Moji, hmm. and um, ninety nine cents, man. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a lot of cool First emojis. First person I've met got, with his own emoji line. And we got producer packs. We got beat machines. I brought back the SP twelve hundred. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to you know pay dues to all of the up. Uh, to the producers that kind of showed me cool. my way in. Shout out to my older brother, Insane Wayne, Slice T, Jazzy Faye, all of these guys from Memphis. Um, you know, they really paved the way for me to be here. So I wanted to come out with an emoji pack. They're like, man, we never got beat machines or anything <laughs> like that. So just in the producer world alone, we're going nuts <laughs> with the emoji pack. And then we got, you know, stuff for the ladies. You know, we got specifically for the business people. We have a blank check for all the people <laughs> who have not cut your check yet. Cut the check, you know what I mean? Um, and we just having fun, man. I got I got a, a power pack too coming 2017. Um, also about the clothing line, freshfamily.com. Family spelled with the PH. Check out the website, www.freshfamily.com. Follow us on Instagram. Um, we're going into the fall season, so we got some cool hoodies. We got cool crew necks and long sleeves and whatnot. Uh, beanies, the whole nine. Check us out, Fresh Family. And then um, we also have the number one bottle in the world, Merino BHLV. I've been brand ambassador for this champagne, this sparkling wine for about four years now. And uh, when I started off, we were in about 12 states. Now we're in 32 states. So check us out, www.MerinoBHLV. BHLV stands for Beverly Hills, Las Vegas. We just uh, got picked up in Gil Turner's, the most prestigious liquor store in Beverly Hills. So it's it's a beautiful thing, man. You know what I'm saying? Motivated by Puff, multiple revenue stream, keeping your hands in, in different outlets. You know, once I really hit it as drummer boy and on a production tip, you know, my mom would always tell me, make sure you got backup plans now. Now that you got this going, now mm-hmm. that you got this going, invest in this, invest in that. So, you know, I've done a, a, a great job in doing that. And I did a video called Drummer Boy, the Conductor, where I conducted my father's last symphony performance and that video is really what got me my job at marino huh. so so check that out people didn't know i conduct um my father this was his last symphony um performance and i actually had the world infamous D, uh jonathan mannion 
come down to Memphis. He actually flew in town. He doesn't even do video often. And I got him to, you know, do the photo shoot as well as do the video. So check it out, Jonathan Mannion, uh, Drummer Boy, the conductor on YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah. Drum Squad TV is my YouTube <laughs> channel. Keep pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, man, all over the place. Where man. else can people find you online and on social media? www.drummerboy.com. Uh, also at Drummer Boy Fresh. No E-R, D-R-U-M-M-A-B-O-Y <laughs> Fresh. Nice, I like it. Anything else, Blake? That was this was amazing. Yeah, this is a blast. It was really great talking Super to you. Super cool, man. I, yeah. I I still can't believe it. it's like a dream, yo. I'm I'm, I'm at Marvel, man. Yeah, well, we're happy I'm to here. have you. T W I M U R C. T W I M U R C. T W I M U R C. This week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. And we're back. We're back. Yeah. All right. Time for some Twim URC action. T-W-I-M-U-R-C. That's Is that how it goes? Yeah. They just listen to that. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, so it's great. We've got that. Nova 1 through 3. Yes. So give a little uh, context of where this book was. Okay. So I have said before many times, Nova is my favorite character. Uh, coming up, I just thought he was a cool, different take on the younger hero. What I always liked about him was that he was he was someone you knew someone like rich rider he was just an average dude he wasn't a genius he wasn't a moron he was just straight down the middle just kind of an average guy you could have gone to high school with he got these incredible powers and he wasn't just swinging through the city fighting normal crime he was out in space he was fighting for the safety of earth uh it was incredible stuff so that was where i fell in love with rich rider what happened was Nova kind of, you know, he had his heyday in the 90s. He fell off a little bit. Then Annihilation happened. Um, the initial Annihilation. He wasn't, yeah. was he in the New Warriors He was series? Scotty Young one? Yeah. He was in it. Yeah. And but then he, he, they took him out immediately to put him in Annihilation. So that's how he survived Civil War. But how, like, what was the thing that got him out of that book? I don't remember. There's no, he's in the book at the end. He, there's just like reference, it, it basically he's just, in New Warriors by Scotty Young all the way to the end of the series and then his next appearance is Annihilation Prologue where he's been I mean he, yeah. theoretically I imagine you, he was called by the he Corps he was called by the Corps yeah. saying we have an emergency we need all hands on deck to deal with yeah. it and what happens over the course of Annihilation which we've done before as Reading Club is basically the whole Nova Corps gets decimated Rich Rider is like the only Nova the first- left five pages or something like that. Yeah, they all get killed. Uh, Richard is the only Nova left. He's one of the least experienced Novas. He's got all the power and all the capacity from the Nova Corps in his head. Um, He manages to survive Annihilation and actually kill Annihilus to basically make everything okay in the universe. And then we pick up here where he is now trying to do the job of the entire Nova Corps, trying to answer every emergency they have. I just, there's something about Abnett and Lanning's Rich that I just, you like him so much. He's such an instantly likable character because he's so kind of old school, just like do the right thing, like just a good, solid guy. But then as we read these first three issues, we see there are flaws. You know, he's not perfect. And what I loved about this is that this is basically these first three issues. The first issue is him, you know, flying around trying to be the ultimate cop of the universe. But then the second two issues are him back on Earth 
dealing with his parents. And most of all, my favorite thing, as a Nova fan, this was just insane, is that he basically gets pulled over by Iron Man, who's like, whoa, we just flagged you. You're insanely powerful. What what happened? Where yeah. have you been? And Nova's just like, oh, I've been off fighting this I've been, crazy. He says I've been yeah. fighting the, I think he says I've been fighting the war. Yeah. Like, and, and, and Iron Man's like, what, what war? war? Yeah, and he's like, and Rich set, Rich gets really frustrated. He's like, I sent you guys like, help me messages, and I sent we him the Fantastic used a Four. Thor. That yeah, would have been great. We could have used anyone. It was me and friggin' Star Lord. Yeah, it went back when Star Lord meant nothing. Back when Star Lord was kind of an old dude. Yeah, it was like a, a cybernetic guy. Yeah, we just don't talk about it anymore. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, it was like him and you know. Whoever was around, Ronan the Accuser and Super Scroll fighting. Meanwhile, Iron Man's back on Earth. And I love that Iron Man is just so like, yeah, I mean, we had this really important civil war going on. I always loved Nova's disdain for the fact that they had a civil war, that he was just like, well, you guys were fighting each other. I was saving the entire universe. Like, you guys could have been dead at any moment had the Annihilation Wave moved to Earth. And there's that great what-if Annihilation issue um, where the Annihilation Wave does get to Earth. So good. Mm. But Edmund Lane do a great job here. Rich meets with Iron Man. He has an awesome talk with Justice, basically, where they unpack the, holy crap, the new warriors are dead. Um, How do we deal with this? And they just kind of move on. And I was talking to... Devin Lewis, who's the editor of the new Nova book, and he, we, one of the things that we were saying works so well about Nova beyond the stuff that made me like him as a kid is that, as you said just a second ago, he's been to war. And now he is this guy who kind of tries to come back and live his old life. It's just impossible because he has not just been a superhero. He was a soldier who was deeply embedded, and he is not the same as he was. He's messed up. Not just a soldier. He was a leader. Yep. He was a commander. He was like, he is a hero, mm-hmm. but he's also done, I'm sure, horrible oh, yeah. things. And it's he just, ripped Annihilus's guts out through his mouth yeah. to save the universe. Yeah. How, what, can, what can you say, Tony Stark? Yeah. How's that going for but you? That, and you know what, though? That's his attitude with Tony. Is like It's subtle sometimes, but it's never like, oh, you're Iron Man. I'm so intimidated because I'm just one of the new warriors, as it was all the way up to this point. It's, yo, like I I did more than you. I, I'm a bigger deal than you. Um, you cannot talk down to me. Yeah. And then the stuff with... Yeah, he says, I, I pulled him inside out and saved the universe. What have you done lately, Tony? Yeah. And Love that he calls like, him Tony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's basically, he's, he's like, screw this. Yep. You know? There was no cooler Rich Rider moment than that yeah. when he tells off Tony Stark. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the mom. And then we get some Diamond Head up in here. Diamond Head just I shows up. I forgot about the Diamond Head. How can thing. you forget about Diamond Head? Diamond Head is the best. So he can regrow his limbs? He can regrow anything. It's made of, he's made a diamond, That's, which, as you know, regrows itself. That, so, But, and, huh. Yep, pretty much that. He has a nice little fight with um, Diamond Head. I like the way his powers work, where he basically has to say to World Mind, like, yo, World Mind, give me this kind of blast on my right hand. Yeah. Give me this kind of blast on my left hand. Charged to 25%. Yeah. Uh, he fights the Thunderbolts, which, unbeknownst to him, include Penance, who is actually Speedball, another one of his New Warriors buddies. And then he has that, like, gut-wrenching heart-to-heart with Speedball, with Robbie Baldwin, where Nova's just like... I felt like Nova... I felt like Nova became the fan who was kind of trying to take in Civil War 
trying to understand it. Like his his way of talking to Tony Stark is how I feel like a lot of fans at the time felt about Tony Stark, where they were just kind of like, Tony, why aren't you being a hero? Like, why are you doing all this stuff? And then when he talks to Penance and he's like, Robbie, this is insane. You should not be this guy. Like, you are speedball. Go back to doing your thing. He was just like, this is like voice of reason coming from outer space, and then he just can't stick around because the Marvel Universe is too insane for him to deal with right now. Yeah. Like, he needs to just go back into space and do his thing. And that's not even getting into his parents and all the crap they put him through. His dad is a jerk. Dad is the worst. Uh, up until this point, his parents had been basically like generic parents like from any any comic strip they were just like oh yeah honey go to space we, we support thought you, you we thought you were dead and you're not oh we're so grumpy yeah like, oh my god the wrong with you? they were so like and it's all stemming back to the new warriors and what they did in stanford and i don't know he it's has nothing to do with that it's great stuff man man and sean chen's art yeah is gorgeous uh, I know Sean only stayed on the book. I think these three issues. I remember this well because I remember Bill Roseman was editing it, and he told me he's like, "We got because this came out when we were here." Um, he's like, "We got Sean Chen. I'm so excited!" And then Sean Chen uh, took a job with the Distinguished Competition, so he got uh, Wellington Albs to fill in, and he does a great job too. Yeah, Wellington does a great job. Yeah, in so. those issues. One of the things I loved in here, which I never realized before, and actually only realized when I was rereading this. Mm-hmm. Nova's helmet mm. it's like it's a collapsible cloth. it's a but it's not even just collapsible it's like a cloth yeah like mask and then he like goes flick and it turns into a the actual helmet yeah it's great it's the coolest thing there's so many cool like, Nova just has such a cool look and all these cool little gadgets I, the, the stuff Abnett and Lanning did with like the world mind the world mind and like I was saying how he uses his powers and how he uses his costume it's just so good, man. These issues are just so heartfelt. And really, I I defy anyone to read the first three issues of Nova and not become a fan of the character. Yeah. And not understand why he's just so, you know, beloved in some circles. Yeah. Um, yeah, super cool. What a, It was really an exciting time for Rich Rider. Mm-hmm. And this is just like the beginning of... How long did that series run? We went like 30 or 40 issues. Yeah. So Really good. Ran right up to the end of Thanos Imperative. Yep. Um, and then he died. And then he died. And he'll never or be back. did he? And I was told by no less than Jeff Loeb, he will never be back. Wow. Loeb came, <laughs> Loeb came by my desk when he was here for a retreat. And he just saw all my Nova stuff. And he just goes, you've got the wrong color, Nova. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then just like then he punched you then in the like face. he basically punched me in the face and was like you'll never get your Nova back not while I live <laughs> it was really I, I mean I love Jeff it was really unnecessarily cruel that's great um, and just a very wonderful memory for me I love it oh yeah. uh, man yeah yeah and it, it, like I think we'll see where what what happens in this new Nova series. Mm. But I think if you are excited about the new Nova series, keep reading the rest of this. Yeah, Nova. The series like, it'll give you so much cool stuff. You will if you read all of this Nova series between now and when the new Nova series comes out. You're gonna be so pumped. If you don't know who Rich Rider is, you're gonna be so pumped for Rich Rider's return and all the cool stuff he's gonna get to do with Sam and just everything. Yeah, I am super pumped to have Rich Rider back in the Marvel universe. Hell yeah! This is a perfect way to celebrate. Yeah, um, and we you saw- guys came out in full force for Seriously, this. Seriously, you guys are that. on. All right, so let's get to these. Uh, DJ Fanko read this week's assigned Twim URC and remember that I tried to read it before and couldn't make it through. I like when Richard tried to break the phalanx barrier around Kree space. 
the roller coaster was nearly impenetrable, but the awkward exchange with Robbie and the sad contention with his father were real bummers. Well, they're supposed to be bummers, yeah, though. They it's are bummers. Like it, that, if you don't have the drama and the things that make you care about these characters and make you like feel the things that the writers want you to feel, then that's 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 bad. It should mm-hmm. be bummers and like that the lows bring the high points yeah. even higher. On the other hand, the eighty Granov cover art was simply epic, and I think. This was at a time when Addy Granoff had only done Iron Man covers. Getting him to do the Nova covers was such a huge deal. Mm. And that, again, is credit to Bill Roseman, who was the original editor on the book. And I remember when he had to go, when, when Eddie Granoff came off the book, he immediately brought Alex Maleev in as the new uh, cover artist. So Nova always had amazing covers. Um, and the Eddie Granoff ones were just the, the first in a long line of that. The initiative was an interesting time. Having Richard's outsider perspective as a foil for Stark's plans was cool. We agreed on that. I love the line Stark gives to the Thunderbolts about how he's going to have words with Osborn. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool thing. We should do the uh, Warren Ellis Thunderbolts. We should definitely do that very soon. I really dug that. I appreciated seeing Richard wrestle with the loss of his former former teammates, not only the New Warriors, but also the Nova Corps. Yeah, was there one character he was like having a relationship with? There was or one. Was that after? No, this was like there was literally one character just started like flirting with him and then died like right as they were flirting. Yeah, it was bananas. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, Nova's arc keeps moving from the ashes of annihilation through a side of civil war and straight into the heart of conquest. Yeah, I, I love the last bit of this this arc that we read that mm-hmm. we read is they got like eighteen calls. Four yeah. or three hundred calls, or some like ridiculous number of calls from Hala. Yeah, and like Hala, Hala, and like that's the <laughs> that's the beginning of getting of into conquest. conquest. Yeah, it was it's cool, it's creepy, yeah. and it's nice foreboding. For being an arc of downtime, he doesn't get much rest, and when he does go to sleep, World Mind takes over his body and broadcast. Oh, that was hello, crazy. human. I am just taking over your son's body. Don't no mind big, me. No big deal. Yeah, just, I am changing the channel. What would you like to watch? I can change the channel with my brain, my mm. robot brain. Uh, that was solid advice Richard gave to Robbie. Don't let them turn you into something you're not. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, he says, in the midst of all the terrestrial drama, I like how he showed compassion for Robbie. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I was reading the original New Warrior series, I always appreciated Robbie's lightheartedness. Coming back to comics to find the heart of the New Warriors living under an emo cloud gave me great pause. Having Nova see Robbie this way was a lot of the same emotions I had reading through the Penance days. I was kind of surprised he doesn't reference this trip to Earth more over the subsequent events in this volume. What happens is so much big. He, he doesn't know what, have time. Yeah, he doesn't have time to process anything. He doesn't have time to you know, be like, hey, Gamora. Listen, what happened when I went back to Earth? Hey, remember that place you've been to like three times? Yeah, I've been there. And I, I live like, there. He's he's like that's small no, potatoes. He's got right no now. time. He's got no time. He's got he's got aliens. He's stuff saving to do galaxies. Exactly. Um, but when you are turned into a pawn of a collective trans mode virus, parental drama can take a back seat. Can't wait for the next Twim URC. Yeah. Thank you, DJ Fanko. Yeah. Kyle Charles says. Finally get to join into MRC again, and I get to read Nova again. So mega happy. The world mine is so sassy, and I love it. Mm, sassy really world is. mine. Love the world, world mine. mine was a great character addition. Yeah. Hopefully he'll be back. So with the world new mine book. wasn't around before. No. Interesting. It was just rich flying around on his own. The world mine. Uh, I think the world mine first showed up in New Warriors just as a computer mm-hmm. that they went to the planet Xandar and just like it's like I'm the computer that runs the place. See you later. Interesting. Um. 
Kyle says, I totally forgot Rich Rider from, from Long Island. Now yeah. I can't get Zack Ryder's theme song out of my head. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? Oh, radio. It would be awesome, so awesome if Rich Ryder spoke just like Zack Ryder. That would be sick, bro. I Hey, I, not all Long Islanders talk like that. I've, for everyone I've met. <laughs> um... It would be great if Zack Ryder played Rich Ryder. Oh, my God. Zack Ryder, Rich Ryder. Perfect casting My right head there. exploded. You nailed uh, Kyle it. says, I love that Rich is eating his dinner with his parents in full costume. That is kind of weird. It, it, it's, it's weird, but the ex- explanation Oh, yeah, they do get the explanation. Uh, like, in another scene, I don't remember who he's talking to, is awesome and terrifying mm-hmm. and something that I think is just a genius stroke that yep. he can't take the costume off because the world mine uh, it, with the costume and all the protection that comes with it is keeping in like various types of alien flus and diseases that would destroy the planet. Yeah. Which it's amazing. is great. Abnett and Lanning are incredibly smart writers. Yeah. Uh, Kyle says, Rich totally put Mr. Stark in his place, referring to the uh, that the ion- annihilation was a minor disagreement. Silly man. So silly. Yeah. It says, oh, Diamond Head, I haven't seen you in forever. Where is he now? He last showed up in Sam's Nova series to yeah. fight Sam Alexander for a second. That was a Jeff Loeb at McGinnis story. Jeff Loeb at McGinnis. Uh, they did a great Diamond Head. Probably one of the prettiest Diamond Heads you'll ever see. Um, and, yeah, they just disposed of him. I'm sure he'll be back again for this new Nova series. He'll definitely be back again because I remember talking to uh, Jeff Loveness. He loves uh, and, and just Diamond making sure I was like, you gotta, you gotta make sure Diamond. It's Head does. kind of a tradition at this point that Diamond Head just shows up in like issue number three and gets destroyed to remind you that Nova's more powerful than he was in the '70s. That's great. Uh, the fight between Nova and the Thunderbolts was awesome. Uh, at this point in time, do the readers know that Penance was robbed? Yes, we knew. Yeah. And Rich put Tony in his place again. Double burn. Double burn. Kyle says, I forgot how much of an emotional roller coaster the first three issues of Nova was. Mm-hmm. Favorite part of the arc was Rich's interactions with Valley, Robbie, and his parents. I think Valley is supposed to be Vance, maybe? Vance, yeah. That, but that was an autocorrect. Yep. Uh, but it's sad when Rich realizes Earth has made on without him and he belongs in space. Poor guy. Yeah, it is. At least good things happen in space. Oh, wait. Next issue, Annihilation Conquest. I take it back. Mm-hmm. Penelope Cat. Selection is the first three post-annihilation issues of Nova by Abnett and Lanning. Haven't read those in years. Read them all in one shot this time. This arc is very much of its time, place, and Marvel continuity. The post-annihilation action of the first issue really gives the reader a sense of the chaos in the greater Marvel cosmic U. The frenetic pace also really gives a sense of how Ryder is burning the candle at both ends and wearing himself out. When the action switches to Earth in issue two, we get a good outsider's look at the post-Civil War landscape. People really seem to dig that take on Civil War. Richard's parents, especially his dad, seemed pretty quick to jump all over him. I bet they didn't even bake him a cake. They didn't know he was coming home. No. Um, Seeing Tony asking the last of the Nova Corps to stay on Earth and join the initiative feels like he needs better perspective. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Given what the Nova Corps do, it makes sense that Ryder would basically say, "Screw screw this noise and take off back into space. Overall, I always enjoy the character stuff more than the action, but DNA are masters of both. They show character through action. Sean Chen's art is fantastic. I hate always saying I remember when, but I was a fan of his when he started at Valiant. Yeah. I wish Marvel Unlimited had more of the first Nova series available. I enjoyed this series and Sam's run. I want to see how it all began. 
So excited to see damage control on Marvel Unlimited, possible future Twin Mirror Seeker selection. Maybe. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit last week, so mm-hmm. definitely. Rafa B says, I started reading the cosmic stuff around the end of the DNA work, mm. a little before Thanos Imperative, but never went back to start. He says, the whole Nova Corps disappeared during Annihilation except for Rich Rider. So now Rich is on the kind of survivor's guilt trip. Kind of. A little bit, I don't, but it's one of those things that I think that's like emotional trauma that hasn't had time to register fully because he just went from everyone he like most of the people he knows and works with dead to right in the middle of battle he's got to be a warrior a soldier a leader this is probably the first time he really has a chance to think about any of this yeah um where are we uh yeah raf says riches uh didn't riches rich rider's brother joined the nova corps at some point yeah that's down the line yeah later on in the series so this story takes place back when Tony Stark was the biggest jerk ever. It's kind of always thought. been the yeah, biggest jerk ever. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. Uh, but yeah, he was he was the director of Shield yep. at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, leading them Fifty States <sighs> Initiative. Ref Gamlin finally caught up on this week in Marvel apps just in time to enjoy Twimmy RC over the weekend. DNA is Nova. Any excuse to crack out a gorgeous Marvel hardcover for Twimmy RC? Nova's is awesome. I had mine signed by Annie Lanning in 2012. We get a nice picture from ref with a little sketch on it um nice little nova sketch 80 granov's covers are just as memorable and important in regards to defining this cosmic era as dna's contributions to the story i think that's a fair assessment too (laughs) it's like those covers probably hooked a whole bunch of people who were like what is this yeah i think they definitely sold a lot of comics gritted teeth and stubble on richard's face in the very first panel immediately tells the reader this isn't teen nova anymore or kid nova as he was called briefly in the was 90s. Was he really Kid Nova? Uh, when he came back for New Warriors, this is great, this, this is a funny story, Is they had Nova, Girl Nova, was prominent in Silver Surfer. Oh. Um, the Herald of Galactus Yeah, Nova. what was Frankie, Frankie Ray? Frankie Ray. So because she was prominent in Silver Surfer, and they had a policy at the time you couldn't have two characters with the same name, and they just never overlapped before, so he had to be Kid Nova for the first, like, 10 issues of New Warriors. He was just, I don't know why. And they'd give no explanation of it. It's just he's Kid Nova now. It was fantastic. At what point, so what made him switch over? Um, he, during Forever Yesterday, which is the Sphinx storyline. Oh, yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. gets turned into Egyptian. After that, he just starts wearing his little costume again and going by Nova. Hmm. He just like, he's like, oh, I had a big adventure. I guess I can be Nova again. And I think what had happened was girl Nova had died. I thought Silver she died Silver. a little bit later, though. She may, she may have. At the very maybe, least, at the very least she was on her way to she, being she phased She definitely out. died, though. Yeah, she definitely died, and they definitely that was the reason he could start being Nova again, because okay. she was being phased out. As a sci-fi fan, I enjoy DNA's interpretation of the universal translator, where sometimes meanings are given instead of words. That was a cool bit. Yeah, that was really neat. The Nova Prime outfit redesign that Richard acquired during Annihilation is my favorite. It's such a great cosmic powerhouse look. It's true. Yeah, the only thing that, that always weirds me out are the spikes the on spikes. the shoulder. Yep. Like, at some point... If he shrugs, gonna, he's going to hurt himself. You know, like you're going you're gonna to do something and it's going to stab you. There, there are definitely, like, spikes everywhere on that costume. Yeah. And, like, I have the bust and I, like, there's so many spikes on it. Even if you hadn't read the preceding event, DNA made it clear that Richard has plenty of anti-annihilist rage coursing through him. Yeah, he's uh, he's a very violent man. He's angry. In this. Yeah. Uh, when Richard's parents bring up Stanford, 
You really see a scale. Wait, did we we missed the what? the back page, right? It's your back page. Right? Oh, yeah. Never mind. The cover to Nova Number Two has the slightest, and then they kiss vibe to it. I would see it. Yeah, I don't think it's slight. get in there. Not no, slight no, at no, all. No, no. No. Richard gets home late and shows no regard for his folks' garden, door, or privacy. <laughs> that may be my favorite tweet so far. <laughs> when Richard's parents bring up Stanford, you really see a scale difference between Richard's cosmic life and the dramas on Earth. The beauty of DNA's cosmic sagas is that they ran so well alongside the normal Marvel events but weren't overshadowed by them. I agree. I always liked that you had kind of Annihilation was it, it was you could have chocolate while you were instead of vanilla that month if you wanted to to use an ice cream analogy. Mm, I love all ice cream. <laughs> the best part of issue number two is when which Richard shorthands the cosmic catastrophe that occurred and makes Tony's civil war look ridiculous. Yeah. Tony stays relatively calm, given that Richard informs him that an Avenger is dead, all with Than- along with Thanos. Professional, cold, who can say? Richard Rider's hashtag rejection of him in issue number two is... Richard's, Richard's is... Father. Richard's father's, father's rejection, of, rejection him. of him. I was distracted by the hashtag. Um, and issue number two is tough. It seems the Nova series isn't complete without dad drama. Is that a recurring theme? Well, Sam Alexander. Oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. His, with his daddy drama. Yeah, yeah. Issue three has another, can I say, sexy Addie Granoff cover. Nova's new outfit proves that you don't need to flash flesh to look fine. Yeah. Yay, Thunderbolts. I'm a big fan of the team and its many incarnations, and the Venom Penance Radioactive Man version was awesome. For being... Wait, this is... Why am I back here again? It says, Hard to believe Penance eventually bounces back as Speedball in the years that follow. I hope the darkness is not forgotten. Yeah, where's Speedball now? Speedball was last seen in that New Warriors book that uh, Chris Yost wrote. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was it just was, being speedball. He was trying to like get himself back. He was, and there was like allusions to the fact that he still had his dark moments in him. So yeah, there you he go. was trying he to push forward, forward, which was yeah. good. Nova three closes with a heartfelt farewell to Richard's kind, <laughs> awful parents, followed by a determined return to work. Good for him. Uh, it says, I enjoyed Twimir's sea choice of Nova. It was nice to return to this awesome period of cosmic goodness. The uh, DNA worked wonders for Marvel. Absolutely. They did. Great participation, guys. Thank you for reading Nova with us. Yeah. Uh, you've got another good one up next because Christine and Mark are going to be reading Thor, the Mighty Avenger. Uh, one of my eight favorites. Eight issues of goodness. So good. So enjoy that. Yeah. Who did that? That's uh, Chris Somney with uh, John Lehman? No, no, that was... Uh, um, uh, Roger Langridge. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff. Really good. Uh, probably Matt Hollingsworth on colors. I would assume, yeah. Or Matt Wilson. Yeah, one of the. Just mats. Think, it, think it off the top of my head. One of the mats. Just amazing mats. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really excited for you guys to reread those. I may just have to jump in and reread them. Yeah. You never know. Just fly to LA and do it with them. No, I'm just gonna reread them and tweet. Okay. Yeah. You're gonna be in LA at some point. Yeah, I, I will. Probably in the next Surely. three weeks. If you're not there now, you probably will be soon. I know. All right, guys. Well, if you are uh, celebrating, enjoy your Thanksgiving and whatever else. If you're not, next, happy Thursday. The next couple days ahead of you, yep. we'll be gobble, back gobble. with more episodes next week. Remember, this is Marvel, your Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs>